You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. So uh, there's your there's your Christmas tree behind you. Well, that's one and there's two. Oh wow! You have t- you have two Christmas trees. I got two Christmas trees. Yeah. What? Little what? dream. Back of me has the train going around it, and <laughs> it's white lights. I'm not a big fan of white lights. I like colored. But mm. I got so many ornaments that I had to get another tree. So uh, one is uh, one is the white light tree that you don't like, and the other one is for you specifically. Yeah, uh, uh, but I love my ornaments. I'm a big uh, Santa collector. Oh, I saw a table full of Santa ornaments. So you have like a, a separate table of ornaments as well. Uh, that's just a small table. I, I had. Um, I have no idea what I had, but it's got to be over a thousand Santas. That's just. That's a fuck ton of Santas, Joe. I love it. Podcast. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk talk about about it. it. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this very special episode of Pod Yourself a Gun for the first time 
in the history of this podcast, we have an actual cast member from The Sopranos on the show. That's right. It only took us six seasons. Amazing. It, yeah, it only <laughs> took us hours and hours of our life, uh, countless Sopranos songs, in order to get someone who's actually been on the show to notice. Today, our guest, you know him, of course, as... Gino, the guy who bought some stuff at the bakery that one time, <laughs> also as Vito Spadafore, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Ganascoli is here. How you doing, Joe? Matt, Vince, how are you? What a pleasure. I'm so glad I made it happen. Yeah. You did. Yeah. You did the Somehow, legwork. We did nothing, so, but uh, we, we have an email address, so that's something. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. True. that's true. So, so somehow... Our podcast, uh, you know, caught your eye and you said, and you said, what is this? A Sopranos podcast? The only Sopranos podcast in existence? I, I should reach out and say hi. So is that, is that how it, is that how it went down? Uh, almost, almost just like that. <laughs> uh, I, I can't tell you how many, uh, podcasts I get asked to do and I don't do them. No. And there was another one by, uh, cast members. That was seemed to be pretty popular, but I didn't do that. Um, I wouldn't do it. I refused. <laughs> you, uh, this and you decided this one instead. I decided to do this, and I don't know why. It just caught my eye, and <laughs> there we are. So um, take we'll take it, dude. That 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 feels that feels good for us. I mean, here's the thing: we've been telling all of our listeners that this is the only Sopranos podcast. So uh, as far as as far as our listeners know, there is no other podcast out there about the Sopranos in existence, you know? Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, most of them are living under a rock and they probably mm -hmm. uh, don't uh, know of any other. Oh, so for I, sure. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Most <laughs> of our listeners do not go outside. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. We just wanted to, you know, ask you some questions uh, about the Sopranos, uh, being that this is the first time we've had a cast member on. Uh, the first, the first question that I always uh, ask every guest of this podcast is, um, uh, "Are you a fan of the Sopranos?" The show? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I became a fan. Um. um I don't watch it now like so many people do watch. You know, people email me and, and direct message me all the time that they're rewatching it. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, for several reasons. Um, but uh, when it was on, I watched it like uh, millions of others. Oh, nice. Is nice. It, is it hard to see like an older version of yourself or uh, is it just more? Uh, Two reasons. One is, well, maybe three. Uh, I don't like seeing Jimmy, you know, mm, um, sure. on the screen. And my hips, that walk, uh, brings back painful memories. Mm. And as soon as they killed me, I had my double hip replacement done. So that's interesting. So you actually, um, in the show, you had you said multiple times as Vito... Um, I was supposed to have hip surgery. Uh, this is I, something you actually said in the episode, Mo and Joe, when you're like taking a siesta. Uh, right, 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 right. And, and I think uh, that's the only time we refer to the hips, I think. Yeah. So, so that means, so that's a real thing. You actually had to have uh, hip surgery. Yes. And, um, you know, many times um, something was happening in your private life. Uh, they would incorporate it into the um, the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did you so, did you end up delaying that like for like the shooting schedule or anything like that or was it? Um, yeah, because I didn't know how long it would take me to recover. Mm -hmm. I actually could have done it during the season. I, I didn't know how long it would take me to recover. And I wound up recovering pretty much like in a month. Hmm. So are the, are the hips good now? Oh, I well, that happened in maybe '06. Yeah, yeah. And I play golf uh, almost every morning, and I walk the course. Oh, nice. And yeah, and I carry my clubs. And um, 
I couldn't take a step without uh, unbelievable pain. Mm -hmm. So compared to that and now where I am, uh, it was the best move ever. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Jim Gandolfini, and uh, one one thing I have, I've I never have seen him in real life, and just like in the, in the show, uh, I've sort of noticed that he has these giant like catcher's mitts for hands. Yeah, like was he just yeah. a large guy? Like, what was he? What was his presence like uh, in in person? He was just a you know a big bear of a guy, um, you know six three. Uh, I don't know what his weight was. I venture to say 240, 260 maybe. Not even sure. Um, he was pretty much in shape. He was just a, a, you know, just a big man, you know? Yeah, he's he's always an in, like an intimidating presence on the show. It's one of those things where um, the way every scene he does opposite anyone, he always seems to um, tower over them and then also just like have this like um, I don't know, very intimidating presence. Was that, was it, was working with him the same way or like when the camera was off, was he just a, he seems like he might've been a gentle giant. He was very, um, I don't know, low key. Um, you know, he didn't come off as imposing when, uh, you know, he was funny. He was, uh, affable. Uh, um, he didn't come over that sort of intimidating off camera hanging yeah. out with him, you know, but yeah. he did have that. Um, yeah, I'm curious to know that now that you bring that up, um, who was like sort of that uh, same kind of, uh, you know, I guess maybe even some bodyguards were probably smaller than him. Mm. I know they had Tony Saragusa on who used oh, to yeah. play for the Ravens. Um, he was a big, a big guy, but not many were in uh, as big as uh, Jimmy in stature. Yeah. Yeah. So, your you talked about them incorporating uh real life things with the actors into the into the show but like the whole veto arc where he's gay that was that was your idea right like was that that was something that you'd pitched to uh david chase mm. so i was obviously covered i was uh, you know gino the first season yeah right i had the, the good fortune of them bringing me back as veto why i don't know but forever grateful i got to kill jackie jr the end of season three which is great you did that was awesome that was you know someone yeah. had to do it and i was glad yeah. it was veto that was a big moment <laughs> um and all the guys uh loved it and all the girls hated it oh sure and um you know as an actor you're always trying to get more work hopefully you're in more scenes you have a chance to you know, show you can act. Now I was like, I'm a self-taught chef and I was a self-taught actor. And um, I didn't suggest it to David Chase himself because, you know, he, I really I never really interacted with him. But mm. one mm. of the writers were always on set and probably the writer that wrote that episode. And this time it was, oh, I think Robin Green and Mitch Burgess were writing partners, but they were married together mm. they were married to each other mm -hmm. sure and uh you know well you got to do it sort of like on the down low you don't want to show like hey i got this idea right. and i think it'd be great so i could get more acting and scenes and stuff yeah you know? yeah you don't want to come off like a douchebag right you don't want to go in there and be like what if i kill tony and then now <laughs> yeah. the show's about me yeah. right yeah yeah that's exactly right <laughs> so i had to do it on the down low and i was reading a book called murder machine Mm -hmm. And um, true story about, and, uh, about a crew in Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. And one of the characters in it was gay. And I thought that was like, wow. I was like, wow. That's, uh, you know, it's a gay mobster. And I said, I'm in the mob show. And that'd be kind of interesting. Maybe I'll bring it to their attention and say I'd be willing to do it. Well, it took them about two years for it to come to fruition. But it changed my life. Thank yeah. God they did it. It's not what I had in mind the way they portrayed it hmm, but sure. i'm glad they did it made him a little more sympathetic and um you know the scene with the security guard you know i was on the wrong end of that scene right so <laughs> is that how you found out like they passed out the script and then all of a sudden you no, like no. read that I'll scene okay it's always <laughs> for some well i know the reason they stopped giving the scripts to the actors <laughs> um one of the actors uh, got a little uh um tipsy 
so to speak, left the script in a cab and they freaked out um, because everything was highly secretive. Sure. So um, they just gave us our sides. You know, the, the, I'm sure Jimmy and Edie got their scripts. Mm-hmm. But uh, they just gave us our sides, the one that were in the scenes. And the, and the crew got the um, scripts because they had to prepare for it. You know, right. hair, makeup, props, uh, so on and so forth, costume. So we all had our little moles and we'd ask him, hey, what's going on next episode? Am, yeah. I, getting, am I in it? Buy some good stuff. And my guy would say, no, you know, you're in it. You're not in it. Oh, you got some good stuff. Oh, you got some good scenes. No, you're not getting killed. So it's one time I asked him, uh, I said, what's going on? He goes, oh, you got some good stuff going on. You're in it. I, Do I get killed? No, you don't get killed. I said, oh, good. Oh, I can't wait to read it. He goes, oh, but by the way, you're going to be blowing a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I go, what? Because now I'm thinking, one, holy shit, they're doing it. And two is, my fucking friends are going to torture me in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. So, so- <laughs> uh, sure enough, I get to the, uh, hey, once I knew it was true, I get the sides, and sure enough, I am. I get to the studio for the read-through, and everybody's waiting downstairs. And Sirico, Paulie Walnut, says, uh, hey, you know my friend Joe the cocksucker? <laughs> and uh, Stevie Van Zandt says, Joe, they're going to break your balls in the neighborhood. And Jimmy took me aside and says, listen, you're not comfortable with this. We don't have to do it. Uh, we'll go talk to David. So I said, you know, I'm kind of asked for it. Not what I had in mind. But as long as they don't treat it like the Russian, um, right. you know, I'm okay. And so... They said, look, we're not going to uh, gonna do that scene, nothing else on it, but next year is going to be a big year for you. So that's how that all came about. Wow. So when, so later, like when you actually, you know, when, like t- towards this arc that we've, we've been talking about uh, in these latest episodes, um, like when you're actually in a relationship with with this guy, like were they did they audition uh, different guys for uh, the firefighter role, or was that just like so? So um, John Costello, uh, as you know, passed. Yeah, may he rest in peace. <clears throat> he was an old, not an old, but he was a well-known New York actor. He's a firefighter. Um, and, uh, I actually knew him, hmm. um, through a friend, a mutual friend and we actually worked together on something small and he was really respected and figured that, um, Georgia and walking, I mean, even Shilla Jaffe would know him because they knew the New York actors. So when I walked in, they told me that lunch, we want you to come upstairs and read with, uh, who's going to be, you know, whoever it is, I was relieved to see it was John Costello. It was someone I knew. So it wasn't sort of awkward and stuff, you know? I will say that um, there was one scene when we were rolling around in the hay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What the bikes? And I said, uh, Johnny, you got to do something with the fucking mustache (laughs) because it's going in my mouth and I'm going to (laughs) vomit. So... uh, Hair and makeup fixed that. They tried to fucking brush it up as much as they could. I said, yeah. just let's fucking do this and let's get it over with. <laughs> did, so. did, did you tell him, like, you have to, like, shampoo it or something? Because I can taste last night's dinner on this and it's just too much. It had a funky <laughs> taste to it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so did you, did you end up getting as much shit from the guys in your neighborhood as you imagined uh, that you would, like, after after these episodes aired? Uh, well, you know, guys from Brooklyn, just like, you know, the Sopranos, just like Italians in the neighborhood, they like to break balls. Sure. Uh, you know, if I had a fucking argument with somebody, they'd say, well, what are you going to do now? Blow me? <laughs> uh, uh, but for the most part, they knew it was acting. Sure. And, uh, I, I had some real guys in the neighborhood. I know real guys. And, um. They started giving me dirty looks, you know, when I was in a club or a restaurant. 
I was like, what the fuck is up with them? They go, oh, you know, the part, they don't like what you fucking, you know, the part you're playing. I go, the fuck? It's acting. It's, go, it's yeah, a fucking TV show. Yeah, I mean, they go, yeah, but they don't like it. And I go, ah, what the fuck they want me to do? So, you know, it is what it is. And so, you know, those are the guys that are knuckleheads, but they were real guys. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, they broke bulls for a while for the most part. Yeah, it was I, all right. It was good fun. I think that's something that the the Sopranos does really well uh, is showing the homophobia that surrounded, I think, uh, a lot of the people in this like particular culture where uh, everyone has they they're so homophobic that even the portrayal of a gay man on TV, they're like, I don't like it. I just don't. I, I, I don't agree with this. And it's like, yeah. that's <clears throat> well, sometimes if it really bothers them. I think they're like maybe, you know, and I, you know, I'm not fucking Freud here, but yeah, <laughs> you know, and I think they're like so. Uh, I think they got like you know they're on the fence. Now, as far as me, I mean, I was in the restaurant business. I lived in New Orleans. Oh sure. You know, I worked in a gay restaurant. I worked in Manhattan restaurants. If you're not, if you have a problem with gays, you shouldn't be in the restaurant business. Yeah. So I, I'm the type of guy living that live, you know, as long as it doesn't interfere with me and you know you know, I don't even mind you even coming off to me. Yeah. But you know, I'm straight, so we're we're good. I worked yeah. in a gay restaurant that was owned by gays, frequented by gays. And me and my this kid Danny from the Bronx were the only two straight guys in the kitchen. And we used to tell him, Hey, just you know, uh, the waiters bring all the girls back here because, you know, we want to meet them. And they would be like, "Oh, that's Danny, that's Joe." And I was like, you know, I was in, I was young, I was in shape, and you know, and uh, they were always flirting with us. But all they had all those girls that you know work with haircuts and and fashion and so on. This <laughs> restaurant, it was a happening place, and we were fucking making out like bandits. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. but um, uh, yeah, I didn't forget what the question was, but. Uh, yes, yeah, so I never had a problem with the whole thing. Yeah. So, like, in this episode, uh, you actually, this is the episode that we're discussing uh, this week is the one where you actually make uh, Johnny Cakes a nice dinner. Um, and I think you made him uh, some pasta vadan and uh, and some pork chops with the vinegar peppers. I was I was curious if you had any like input into the menu choices of the food that they uh, chose to show you making on this. You know, during the course, I think earlier my my cookbook novel had come out. Um, they knew I had a restaurant. They knew I was a chef. You think they would have like, you know, like, hey, what do you, you know? Even my knife skills that I had to show up to the director, but I got a close-up, I think I'm slicing mushrooms or it's un- something. Yeah, you're cutting an onion there. Cutting an onion. I go, you know, I was a chef. I mean, you should be, I know how to saute. I know how to flip the food. I mean, get on it because <laughs> you don't need a double. I'm doing it. It's me. They didn't really ask. And so we showed a little, but no, they didn't ask me about the food. I wasn't even sure what pasta badan was. Um, you know, pasta with potatoes, which is a real peasant dish, <laughs> and pork chop and vinegar peppers is well known. Um, not something I ate at home, uh, either of those dishes. Um, but people always ask them about them. And you know, I, when I do my uh cooking uh jobs, I should probably even incorporate that. I never even thought about it, but nobody asks, why don't you make the pork chops with vinegar peppers? My, mm. my stuff's a little more uh elite. Or uh, uphill than that. So, so you said you were going to make uh, dinner for your daughter later today. What are you What are you making tonight? Uh, I I don't do anything. She, you know, like any, she's twelve years old. Oh, so, yeah. you know, what do they like to eat? You yeah. know, the same thing. It's uh, mac cheese. Um, yeah, I am. You know, making a taco. I'm not even a big fan of tacos, but you know, something not too heavy because she's got dance. Um, oh, yeah. She. Doesn't really, you know. I, I I wanted to try new things, but you know, I don't want it to uh, be obsessed with food. Oops, sorry. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. I'm. I, listen, she eats sushi, so that's his stuff. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, I got an eight-year-old stepson. He loves sushi. It's a it's an expensive thing for kids to be into, but they seem to like it. I I, well, I, I go to the the buffet. Yeah. Okay, oh, right. nice. <laughs> so, so I read that like when you part of the reason that you got into uh, acting after being uh, a chef was that you lost money on a on a, on a football game like that you were gambling on. Yeah, I was a degenerate gambler. um back in the day um i was i was made i was in a restaurant i was making a lot of money and uh you know i'm a huge sports fan so you think you know sports you can figure it out you can tell who's gonna win or lose uh you know and you can't and uh this is back in 1990 and um um you didn't have the access to games like you do so if you want them to bet the game, you bet the ones that are on TV, Giants, Jets, and Sunday Night Football. And Giants were going to the Super Bowl, and of course, they're resting their starters, and it was a big line, and of course, they took the Giants. They got creamed, and I took, I don't know, it was a Jet, somebody, and I don't know. I had the losing game, and I was betting big money. And the Sunday Night game, he tried to get even, and I got buried. And uh, three days later, I was in L.A. I cashed out, paid my, paid my bets, and uh, um, moved to LA. So, like, was when you moved before you moved to LA? Was there someone in your life that said, like, "Hey, maybe you should try acting," or was that uh, something that you'd wanted to do? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not something I always wanted to do. I wasn't infatuated with movies. The usual, uh, you know, Godfather. Uh, for me, Raging Bull was. Uh, I, I used to watch it constantly. Yeah, um, that was my movie. Uh, I was working in a restaurant and um, Manhattan. Um, I must have been 26, 27. A waiter that had a involved, started a theater company, said, we're doing a play very off-Broadway. Would you be right to a, for a role? Do you want to come audition for it? And I did, and I got it, and I liked it. And... Um, I said, you know, what do I do now? He says, why don't you go study with my teacher? I did that for about a year and a half, and I didn't really get much out of what he was teaching. Uh, but I was infatuated with him because he was so off the wall and the way he taught. I enjoyed watching him teach. But not really what he was teaching. And I lasted about a year and a half because he throws everybody out of the class, <laughs> takes them back. But he was really well respected. And, um, yeah, so I got did that for a year and a half. And then I got back into restaurant business. When I lost all that money, I called up my friend, Tim. His name is Tim Calero. He's a working actor. I said, Tim, and he was very religious and is almost going to become a priest. It's almost like Scorsese who wanted to become a priest also. also. And I said, Tim, this is what happened. He goes, listen, I'm house sitting in Hollywood Hills. Come, come and we'll, uh, we'll be roommates. And I, I did that. And so when I got there, I was like, wow, I'm in the hills, look at his house, produce his house. He said, don't get used to it. It's going to last two weeks. And uh, we were out trying to find another place after that. But I lasted three and a half years in L.A. I mean, the idea of uh, trying to get work as an actor in order to pay off a, a gambling debt, it kind of sounds like, yeah, I'm going to buy this lottery ticket to try right. and uh, pay off. Uh, like, usually the acting seems like a, a long shot of a thing to make money. Yeah. Like a, a, an almost harder but, gamble. I, yeah, no, I didn't, but I didn't do that. I paid off my debt because I had investment in the restaurant. Uh, so I, I cashed out with my partners and I paid my booking. Got it. Nice. Yeah. Um, I might as well just drop off the face of the earth and... Uh, but I always paid my debt, so I wasn't going to be one of those guys. Yeah, so I paid my debt. Uh, I told my partners the next day, Monday, paid them off Tuesday, and Thursday I was in L.A. So since you were someone who was, like, familiar with the world of, you know, gambling and whatnot, and you're someone who grew up in Brooklyn, uh, does does that mean – did you actually have run-ins with uh, a lot of these, uh, like, mafioso characters? Like, were you able to look at The Sopranos and go, like, oh, this is true to the people I knew or or kind of, uh, kind of an exaggeration? No, I, I, it was true um, in a lot of ways. Um, 
I, like I said, I grew up in Brooklyn. I know real guys. I'm talking about like, you know, sons of heads of families. And, right. You know, um, the real five families and who they're with. And you, you know, you read about them and you know about them and uh, you know how it works. Uh, not that I was around, you know, killings and stuff like that. Oh, but, sure. But guys, you know, I know, you know, these loan sharks and there's uh, Shylocks and there's um, guys that, uh, you know, are made and guys that are connected, guys that want to be, you know, guys that, you know, caught beatings or even killed for messing with someone's daughter or wife. I mean, that happened growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it was pretty much on the money. Yeah. I think it was None. pretty much on the money and um certainly the lines i mean sometimes i've read so many things that people have said i'm doing a mob thing and i go nobody talks like that yeah. nobody says capiche <laughs> you know <laughs> you know if anything you say the slang or magabe though something like that nobody says uh, you know the dialogue is that's what was so great about sopranos it's always about the written word and yeah and so, and everybody has their favorite lines and right no nobody actually goes around saying that's a spicy meatball that's just not (laughs) yeah that's just not something that the mafia says (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah they didn't uh, go with the old um contrived yeah cliches yeah cliches and uh you know that's what made it so beautiful yeah yeah You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? 
outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You, I mean, you talked about the uh, secrecy of, of the scripts and them trying to keep those under wraps. Uh, was there like a lot of trepidation among the cast, like when you'd get the new scripts? Like were, were, were people always sort of worried about their characters getting killed off and, and losing out on the future paydays? Oh, 100%. That was everybody's biggest fear. I mean, you're in a mob show. You know, what's a mob show without guys getting killed? So it wouldn't happen to the regular. You know, it was going to be someone at the end of the year. It was Pussy. It was, uh, you know, um, Jackie Jr. And I guess that was the big hit. Richie April got it. Uh, Ralphie. Ralphie. Yeah. I mean, Joe Pinliano is very established. Um, he's well known. He'll always work. Mm. Um, yeah. So... Were you ever around any of any of the actors when they found out that their uh, character was getting killed off? No, I think that uh, David Minor called them in and told them, depending mm. on the actor. I know when I found out, I went in and talked to him. You know, I was trying to get to season six, <laughs> yeah, second part, and I said what I had to say, and you know. What's you know expected, and be great if you know he could live and still earn. And Tony's you know evolved, and you know he live and let live, and let me speak for about five minutes. And then when I was done, he said, "You're going," and I said, "Okay, thank you, <laughs> man." Yeah. Has anyone ever successfully talked themselves out of getting uh, script whacked? Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, you mean. Uh, you know, I think that was once it, it was set, was set, sure. and, uh, you know, because in his mind, he's got to, you know, wait, things are going to happen and fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that we have sort of noticed or maybe suspected about David Chase, uh, in the course of making the show is that, uh, he seems to really like, uh, fat jokes and like, even to the point of like, you wonder whether certain people were like cast so specifically so that he could like write more fat jokes into the script. Uh, and then you, you ended up losing a bunch of weight in, in the, towards the later seasons. Did you ever, uh, like when you're reading scripts and there's like fat jokes about your character, did you ever like get your feelings hurt or was that ever like a thing? Yeah, it bothered me. It definitely bothered me. Now that I think about it, maybe that's why he kept me around. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a fucking good point. I never fucking thought about it. Good job there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, as far you. as a break breaking the chair that was one uh i mean jenny sack is like that that was like a whole arc about her being fat yeah 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 uh 
Bobby I mean, being forced to do Santa Claus. Well, and that you, you know, you start thinking about salads, or you think about a salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when they're both standing by the car. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, that was a fat suit he was wearing. Um, oh. Yeah, because that stomach was huge. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think about it. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I wonder. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, you bothered me because, I mean, I was always, uh, I was in shape. I mean, I had pictures when I was younger with my wife, and I was in shape kind of guy. And I took pride on that. And then when I became a chef, stopped going to the gym and you start eating like an animal, yeah. drinking. I mean, that's the lifestyle for me anyway. Gambling. I was living like a real animal. So, um, um, yeah, it just went all downhill after that. Um, towards like the, the end of the show, I read that uh, Jim Gandolfini and David Chase would sort of, uh, like they started to have more of a, an adversarial relationship and, and they would get in fights and they sort of had to like take a break after the show was over. Did you ever like witness, uh, w- w- did any of, any of those kind of conflicts ever uh, happen like on the set while you were around? No, a couple of times, you know, uh, Jimmy was supposed to be there and he didn't show up. Um, but I think that um, the pressure of the show, carrying the show, for the most part, I mean, Edie was in it a lot, but it was Jimmy. It was Jimmy. And um, I think that got to him after a while, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I never saw them. I'm sure it was in private, maybe in his trailer. Mm. Maybe in the office, maybe privately. I never witnessed anything. Mm-hmm. Dave, anyone say hello? My new pals. <laughs> hey, who who are we about to talk to? That's uh, Viviana. Say hello right there. Hi. Hey, Viviana. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> so. Who was uh, like on the set? You mentioned uh, Tony Sirico. Who was like the who? Who are the biggest Sirico. ball busters? Uh, uh, sorry, who are the biggest ball busters on the uh, on the set among the actors? Uh, Sirico was definitely. Mm. Um, Ralphie could be Joe Pinliano. Um, yeah, Ben Zantz, maybe. Yeah. Um, did you ever see the uh, the group shot of uh, us in front of Satrials? Oh, yeah. Everyone's in it except Walnuts. He wasn't working that day. <laughs> I think it was the Columbus Day Parade. Mm-hmm. The Columbus Day. But Furio's got the uh, thing hates Columbus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, there's the scene where uh, Bacalao's reading from the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, He's having a hard time, and he keeps m- m- messing it up, his lines. And uh, Paniano was laughing and, and wouldn't stop laughing, which made him even more conscientious. <laughs> and he was getting really pissed. So you could see in that that photo that Steve has got his, his mug on because he's still pissed at Paniano. And every time I see that picture, I think about that. And... Uh, um, it's pretty funny. Uh, you know, but listen, we've all been there. And uh, I remember uh, doing a scene where Sylvia was in the acting as the uh, acting boss. And he was on the toilet reading the paper. And I have a problem with uh, Walnuts because I gave him this job. And he said, I thought there was going to be 300000 there. Yeah. And he got hit in the nuts. <laughs> and he's limping. And so we got to give money to maybe Edie. I, I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, to Carmela, yeah. So I walk into the bathroom, and he already starts. He goes, uh, lady room's next door. Yeah. And um, and then I said, I could reach her from here. And he goes, oh, I was like, bedlam over here. He had no idea what went through. And tell me the story. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So give me my, you know, I want my cut, 150000 I think. He goes, what? You're lucky if there was what? And I go, hey, Paulie, I cased it myself. So, and this is where I couldn't stop laughing. And uh, he goes, uh, 
have a donut, you're delirious. And <laughs> then I start to make a move on him toward him. And he tells me, back up, Bluto. And those lines, uh, for some reason, <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. And uh, they had a cold break. We tried it about five, six, seven times. Yeah. But he just uh, it's just one of those things where you just can't stop. So the yeah. fastball was trying to remember lines and so on and so forth. Sure. Was there anyone like would that you would say was like the biggest like uh, pain in the ass on set? Like who was either always fucking uh, trying yeah. to to fuck stuff up or trying to throw anyone off or? No, no. We were all really worked with each other. We all had each other's back. We know nice. that we were working on something great, mm. and we all tried to do our best and help each other. I mean, once in a while, you know, if things happen. You get like you know. Having a little fun, but for the most part, it, it wasn't like that. Uh, you know, it's like all for one and one for all, I guess. Yeah. Were there any like scenes that stand out as ones that were like the toughest to shoot or were like a tough day on set for any reason? Kind of been uh, long days, hot days, the church scene. Uh, I think it's uh, Johnny Sack's daughter. Yeah, the mm -hmm. wedding. It was a brutal, brutal, brutal hot day. There's no air conditioning. You're in a suit, trying to stay cool. It was crowded. Everybody was in the church. That was a rough day. Uh, yeah. You're just glad it's over. That's That stood out to me, I think. Is it, like, are you able to sort of gauge uh, how popular, like, The Sopranos is at, in, at any given moment based on, like, how much you get uh, recognized or that people come up to you when you're when you're out in public? You know, it's kind of worldwide. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that I've traveled the world, but I know there's fans from all over. Yeah. Um, back during maybe 05, 06, in between seasons. I was down in Athens, Georgia at some drag racing event that I was doing something with. And there were fans and I never would expect, you know, down deep in deep in the south, you know. But um yeah. um I haven't run into any Bushmen that oh, uh, yeah. were fans. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I ran into any of those or any uh, sort of pygmies. Yeah, well, at some point you'll you'll run into a pygmy who's seen you and be like, "Hey, it's hey, Gino, Gino from the <laughs> yeah, from the bakery." Yeah, maybe you can pitch that travel show. <laughs> <laughs> um, just in terms of like some Sopranos lore, because it's like uh, there's there's a lot of open ended questions that uh, that that happen on the Sopranos. Uh, one of them is a theory about Phil Leotardo. Uh, which I'm not sure if this is something that has just been brought up recently or uh, this is something that was like going around at the time of filming. But the, the theory is that he is uh, was a closeted gay character. In the show? In the show, yeah. Have you heard that? Well, I do call him a uh, uh, metros, metrosexual. Uh -huh. Right? <laughs> Yeah. Which I don't even know what that was. <laughs> and then um um and then the whole thing when he comes to kill me he comes out of the closet. He does come out of the closet. Yeah. Right. But but uh was is that something at the time that was discussed that like he was uh that he was doing the murder that he was murdering you because he had some sort of uh you know like closeted uh you know gay tendencies or is that is that is there nothing to that? You know, it might have been an inside thing that only David knows. Mm. Uh, you know, he sort of like grips the bed when I'm getting, you know, pummeled. Right. And that might have been like a turn on to him. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's um, possible. You know, so uh, that was a possibility. What? Uh, but I never really heard. Mm. What was Frank Vincent like? Is he he had like he was like an insult comic with like Joe Pesci? Didn't they have like a a stand up act back in like the sixties together? Well, or something they had like a band. They had a band. Okay. Oh wow. So I think uh, Pesci was a drummer, or Frank was a drummer, and one of them was a singer. You know. Yeah, I think Pesci was a singer. Uh, yeah, Pesci was a singer. So they had a band, 
So they went way back. Sorry, it's from a little all over my uh, camera. Oh, that's um, fine. Yeah, I'm trying to cook one-handed. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, She's got to well, eat. So what was it like him. working with uh, with uh, Frank Frank Vincent? Is uh, he's you know I didn't have many scenes with him. I didn't have a lot of scenes with him. Uh, you know we, we had. Uh, I'm talking in the uh, I don't know whose house, and you know what can I get to be though? Just a little hot water or warm water with lemon. Yeah, right. People love that line. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I know at the wedding we were at the uh, same table. Mm-hmm. I was doing Raging Bull lines from him because, like I said, it was one of my favorite movies. Sure. I was putting tissues in uh, my mouth. <laughs> and I was doing the Robert De Niro, hey, Ray, you never got me down, Ray. You never went yeah. down. Yeah. So <laughs> that was a treat for me to do that for him. <laughs> I wonder how many times in his life that guy's heard, hey, you fuck my wife? <laughs> you, f- you fuck my wife? <laughs> no, well, that, that's, uh, that's uh, De Niro, the passion. Right, 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 yeah. Right. No, for for her, uh, Frank Vincent, it's got to be get your fucking shine box. Yeah, he's probably right, heard yeah, that his entire yeah. life. Right. Yeah. Another guy. I, rest, in, rest in peace. Yeah. Do you have any stories about like meeting fans and about how they've reacted to your character in the portrayal? Because you know, at the time that the episode came out, or that the your season arc came out. Um, it was kind of, um, it was a big deal. I mean, people hadn't seen that real of a portrayal of like, uh, homosexuality and someone having to like go into hiding because of it. Did, uh, did you get any feedback? uh, Yeah, it was groundbreaking. Uh, you know, you never started right, uh, back then. And, um, I don't think I was married yet. Mm. So, and I got married late. And I said, well, let me get married. I better get married quick here because people don't really think that I'm gay. <laughs> so it was a rush job. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm going to show you something. Mm-hmm. See, this, see that picture? Oh, you wow. Have you seen that? Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've seen that one. Yeah, me neither. That's my wedding. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And you're still uh, happily married to the same woman? Still married to the same woman, happily. Well, you know, we have our moments. I'm not the easiest guy, I'll be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, of course. So so in the episode where uh, they discover that Vito's gay at the at the leather bar, like what what did you think? Do you remember what you were thinking the first time they like came in and showed you the wardrobe that you were going to have for, for that? I had to go up for a fitting, and I said, I'm wearing that. They said, yeah. And I said, uh, I said, I- I'm not doing this without dungarees on. I said, Nobody wants to see me in assless guys. Yeah, so, and everybody was. And those people in that, that scene were real guys that they went out and got from the West Village. Or the East Village, or... One of the villages. Yeah. yeah. So, um... That was interesting. And um, did you yeah. uh, did you improvise that move where you're doing kind of like a, a cowboy <laughs> with a lasso? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to dance. And you know, <laughs> I, I'm very, I like, I'm very, I'm very happy that I have my own gift. You know, when someone's happy, they got a raise, they send them that gift. <laughs> yeah, that's and a I, great gift. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if that was a move, like uh, you know, I didn't know what to do, so. I did the old lasso move, and yeah, uh, it's a great move. It's iconic. <laughs> and um, uh, who was? I, I think it was Buscemi directing, or maybe Terry Winters. They mm-hmm. said this is the last take. Do what you want to do. And I don't know if they were implying, but I, you know, I gave him a kiss, um, just because I said, "Let me just go for it." You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, and he was a real guy. He was a personal shopper at Bonnie's. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot that was a job that existed back then. The personal shop. Now it's all uh, on on an app. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. personal shop. Uh, that was a uh, 
a pivotal moment, as they say. Oh, sure. Was there ever anything that you shot that you remember enjoying that like didn't make it into the show? Um, I think there's a deleted scene on YouTube. I'm, I'm in a, uh, a gazebo on the water, maybe talking to my kids. No, I was talking to Ty. I forget. I had a deleted scene that wound up on YouTube. Mm. I don't know how it wound up there. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, not really. Okay. And, uh, I'm just, hold on one second. I'm just going to call my daughter. Oh, sure. Do you get sour cream with that? I don't know. There's guac and uh, salsa. Gotta like make it yourself. Is that right? Like that? How's that look, though? Pretty good, right? That looks great. I'm sorry. So, did you ask me? Oh, uh, I, well, I have another question for you um, yeah. with regards to um, Finn DeTrolio. Yeah. Uh, the My arch nemesis. Yeah, your arch nemesis. By the way, that scene when he comes out of the border party is my favorite scene. Oh, is yeah. that your favorite scene? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, because I, I, I did that in two takes. Yeah. And I just enjoyed that so much um, doing that. And uh, I just love the way that whole thing is told. Do, do you yeah. uh do you do you keep in touch with uh the actor who played Finn at all? Um no. Oh no. No. The only actor I really keep in touch with is Gigi. Um uh who who played Gigi, John Fiore. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Is, is Gigi the one who uh Died on the toilet. Bowl. Died on the toilet. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Capo de Crapo, we call them. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've talked about uh, his death uh, quite extensively on the podcast, mostly in just like the idea that he would get his sides and find out that he's dying on the toilet. Yeah. What, what I mean, did he share with you his thoughts about that? Uh, he wasn't happy. Uh, <laughs> also, you know, because he only lasted three episodes as a captain. Right. So, um, yeah, he wasn't happy about that, and he wished he would have had a longer run. He's a mm. tremendous actor. I like John a lot. We have a lot of fun. He's from Boston. He had a great sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah, he got that whole episode where you really like got into uh, the background of that character, and it got you really invested in that character, and then at the end of the episode, it's like, oh, yeah, he just died on the shitter. <laughs> They, yeah. did, they they pulled the old smash cut to funeral move, which uh, always cracks me up. But it's got to be suck if you're that actor. Yeah, Vince, uh, do you want? Uh, do you have any questions to to wrap up the interview? I, I think I, I think I got all my questions that I wanted to uh, ask out of the way. And there, you had a, a lot of questions. I got to be honest with you. I'm a, yeah. I'm a curious man. What can I say? He is. <laughs> uh, is... That's the whole thing about doing an interview. Have questions. And they were good. They were both um, well thought out. And, uh, you know, I've done stuff where they, some of them haven't even watched the show. So I get really annoyed. I, yeah. I, I cut them short. But uh, this was a lot of fun. Hopefully I had uh, some insight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I look at you, um, uh, Matt, and mm-hmm. I, 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 every time I look at you, I think of John Totoro. Yeah. Martin. He looks like I get that. He looks. Like I get that John a lot. Turturro and John Steinbeck. It's uh, yeah. Ah, John Steinbeck again, yeah. and actually uh, Alfred Molina a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> see that. I got a yeah. yeah. I got a little bit of all of them in me, except for like a like a Jewish version, you know. Now, so I'm what, like, what do, what do you do, Matt? Wh- what do I do? Yeah. Oh, I'm a comedian. Stand up and then uh, and then podcasting. Uh uh-huh. And and where do you live in L.A.? Uh, I live in Eagle Rock, like uh, near Pasadena. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was in West Hollywood. And what about you, Vince? I am a writer and cultural critic, and uh, yeah, and I live in uh, Fresno. Um, a writer for just writer in general, or writer for uh, I write tabloid. And- I know I write for a, a website called Uprocks. It's like oh, uh, it's like blogs and stuff. How dare you? Is it U T R O X? Yeah, uh, two X's, but yeah. I think I might have been in that. I think they might have wrote about my cooking. Uh, that's oh, that sounds like it's uh, very possible. I don't. Yeah, that's, I wasn't the writer. That, on that sounds one. right. 
they might have picked up the story or they did a story on it, as I recall. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 I just found it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Small there. world. Small world. So is there, um, is there um, any part of you that actually uh, wants to, uh, or is there a reason why you won't do uh, the other Sopranos podcast? The other, the other one, or the others? Oh, the 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 other uh, the other one um, with uh, with Steve and Michael. Well, first of all, it's over. Second oh, of all, that's right. Yeah, second of all, I had a falling out one of them. Uh, and it, got, it got nasty, mm. and uh, and then they seemed to have forgotten. And they asked me to come on. I said, "I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me?" Yeah. So I said, "No, I'm, I'm not interested. Thanks." Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't have a falling out with us because we are, yeah. we were very happy to have you on and uh, and talk to you about The Sopranos. This is, this is probably our first and only uh, cast member guest that we will have uh, as we are also nearing the end of our run. But, yeah, and uh, I'm very I'm honored. I mean, you still have, uh, let's see, 11 left. Yeah, yeah, still got eleven left. We're almost, we're almost at the end. So hey, you know, if you, uh, if you know of, you know, anyone else who's like, hey, <laughs> I want to be interviewed on this Sopranos podcast, we're right here waiting. Well, uh, I actually was supposed to do a. Uh, well, I don't know how many people like like people, you know, say, hey, you want to do a podcast, and it's not even a Soprano one; it's just a podcast in general. I usually say, nah, you know, because. You know, I it's just listen. It's how long is it? Fifteen years now. Yeah. Uh, you know, how many times are you gonna answer the same questions? Sure. And I do it. You know, my dinners are two two a week. You know, usually. Oh wow. Um, and I'm there ten hours, and uh, you know, I uh, tell stories and answer questions. So sure. Imagine. We got to do one of those, Matt. Well, we got to do one. We definitely got to do one. We got to go to your dinners. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to be invited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, we're just inviting ourselves. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. We'll, ju we'll just show up. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I raffled, I raffled one off because uh, so many people wanted to do them. And I said, that'd be kind of fun. So I did the $75 each, 100 people. Mm. And I just got a winner. But um, for the second prize, I was going to raffle one off, and then the people that win get invited to the person that won. But people were saying, "Why aren't strangers in my house?" Right. <laughs> so yeah. actually, that, that's a little funky. Yeah. But it's usually, uh, um, you know, big fans that want to get it for their husband, their brother, their father, sure. or just fans in general. I've been to uh, several of them. But they know lines inside and out for ten hours. These guys are just throwing lines at me. I mean, it's it's actually pretty funny. Um, so listen, I wish you guys uh, tremendous success. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun um, uh, doing it. Yeah, and, thank you uh, so much for for coming on and talking to us about uh, yeah about your time there, yeah, and we really appreciate very it. Much so, uh, my my pleasure, my pleasure. Good luck, good luck, and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. And to all your uh, listeners and followers and so on. Right. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Enjoy your success. I learned that line <laughs> from right. The Sopranos. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Joe. Wait, you know what they said about Vito? What? He's great on the piano, but he sucks on the organ. <laughs> <laughs> Use it in your act, my friend. That's a gift. <laughs> all right. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> all right. I'll see you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Podcast. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. 
Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.